Ladies and gentlemen, this picture contains scenes which under no circumstance should be viewed by anyone with a heart condition or anyone who is easily upset. Hey, welcome back to Caustic Content, the show where two dear friends torture each other by trying to find the absolute worst thing streaming on the internet. Uh, I'm Steve, and joining me as always, I got Adam Myros here. Myros, how you doing? Oh, I, I don't know. I, I thought this whole uh, week off of Prime was really going to help matters, but I'm not so certain that it did. I mean, it, I guess it's an improvement over the last few weeks, but geez, still pretty fucking grim. Yeah, I feel like we upped our production values slightly over the past like month or so by switching to Tubi for a week. <laughs> but uh, content-wise... We're still kind of treading water in, uh, you know, hell world, basically. Not great. Not great. But uh, you know what? We got Stephen Coleman back this week. And Mr. Coleman, you'll be happy to know that uh, as awful as this week was for you, it's better than the last two weeks. Well, he was out. I think nothing is going to ever top what happened two weeks ago. Nothing's ever going to top cheeseburger and a nap fucking exploitation. <laughs> I mean, you, you did you did miss Animation Week last week. Uh, thank God, because I think that that may have broken you. Uh, Myros chose a, a, a full a full feature length animated film that was essentially like a uh, a PowerPoint presentation propaganda piece for a cult. So oh. <laughs> that that was great for everyone. Everyone really enjoyed that. Uh, at least there were some musical interludes, so we had that going. But. A rough week. So, uh, yeah, welcome to the world of, of real cinema. These are the, the movies this week. I bet you, mine you probably could have rented at Blockbuster at some point. Oh, I feel like I must have seen it at Blockbuster or at least 7,000 movies that looked exactly like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, that's I, possible. I kind of always assumed these movies would be far less uh, ribald than this thing was. These are also two yeah. films that are actually shot on a coast. Hmm. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I, I assume. I, I, I mean, I couldn't have told you in a million years. Uh, at least Coleman's doing his research because it makes sense that Sex Pot's probably just a standard. It's an asylum product. I, I'd assume it's probably California. But mm -hmm. this other thing, Lord, <laughs> I would have never guessed where this was filmed. A dark room. <laughs> How about the uh, the the west coast of of Lake Michigan? That's a uh, that's a coast that some of our movies have come from. <laughs> the shores of Lake Minnetonka. Um, I, yeah, so these are these are movies that were made in real cities. Uh, Myros, your choice. I think it played at some film festivals. Um, people have maybe seen it before. <laughs> Mine it definitely duped some people at Blockbuster and. Uh, Boy, were they probably upset after they rented this in 2009. So, yeah, welcome well, to the world of, of real cinema. <laughs> I mean, if you rented it for TNA, I guess they got their money's worth. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more. But first, <laughs> for our new listeners, what are the rules of this podcast other than making Stephen Coleman hate us more and more every single week? Uh, the rules. We're only allowed to use what the streaming service provides us, which was our big hindrance uh, stepping away from Prime for a week because uh, Tubi doesn't have trailers. So just kind of a grab bag on this one. Mm -hmm. uh, rule number two, we are not allowed to choose found footage films because they get redundant and we try and stay away from redundancy. Look at us having standards. <laughs> yeah. 
We really need to stop that. Just really, we should throw all these rules in the fucking trash. It can't get any worse than what we're doing now. Mm. Uh, three being the Godfrey Ho clause, just to say, we try and stick with one film per director. And for the can't be anything either of us have ever seen before. All of this is just to try and keep it as fresh for the listeners as possible. Extra, extra fresh. And that's why we changed it up this week and we imposed the, the Tubi rule. Tubi, well, actually, we said, we said no, no Amazon Prime, but... Tubi's kind of the next best thing. <laughs> yeah, Tubi, Tubi is the new Prime. <laughs> it's great. And it has commercial breaks, so it kind of breaks up the monotony, too, which is helpful. Yeah, all those Greg Gutfeld commercials yeah, really Jesus fucking... Christ, how many times have you ever seen that one? <laughs> I don't know, and for, for me, I don't know about you guys, but I only got the Gutfeld on my movie choice, which seems appropriate given the content. Um, did you get Greg Gutfeld on, on Myros' yeah, movie? Yeah, he's all over the place. I got oh, Gutfeld on everything as well. It was just all Gutfeld all the time. That's good. Really, really speaking to his audience there. That's what we need. <laughs> Well, I, I, you know, I was, I used to be in favor of cancel culture, but now I've seen the light thanks to old Greg and his Greg, yeah. fucking Tubi commercials. I'm Greg Gutfeld and I'm canceling cancel culture. Wow, Greg. Thanks. He was supposed to be like the cool conservative guy, right? Like he, he was on like Fox News Red Eye and he was just like, hey guys, if you're a real conservative, then you smoke pot and think pot is cool. Um but I, is I, that I don't, his bag? Every time I see him, I, I feel like the what differentiates him from a normal Fox News host is that he sits on a couch. Isn't mm-hmm. he? Doesn't he wear like Chuck yeah. Taylors too, or something like that? Yeah, yeah. No, he's like he's like punk rock conservative. His favorite misfit singer is Michael Graves. Like <laughs> he's, he's got the full <laughs> full uh, conservative geo punk thing going on. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. That used to be a shtick, but. I'm pretty sure he's just a regular suit these days, so nothing, nothing special. But uh, well, here, here we are. Thanks, Greg, for sponsoring this episode. Uh, Myros, why don't we start with your movie? Because you know, just looking at the title alone, I thought I thought it could be something special, and uh, maybe maybe a little underwhelming after they came up with the title, which was of course Power Pelagic. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh power pelagic. Um I this is a thing. I picked it because again, we we were limited. We didn't have trailers and this thing it, it seemed to be the only movie on Tubi's at least the sections I was going through, which I started in, in sci-fi this time around cuz mm-hmm. I know Coleman loves his science fiction. Uh, but it was the only <laughs> film of the entire bunch that, that failed to format a, a thumbnail uh, for Tubi's designated format. So I was like, well, that's promising. Also, it's called Power Plegic, so that's going to be shitty, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, with a name like Power Plegic, I assumed that it would be some, like, you know, Z-grade sub-trauma, uh, like, piss-take, goofy horror or something like that. But I, I was instead treated to a movie that takes itself very seriously. <laughs> Just not expecting that at all. Or as serious as you can be in a movie called Power Pelagic. But it seems to fancy itself as like a legit sci-fi tinged dramatic exploitation film. And we know it's, it's gritty and serious because uh, it does this really weird, like... Uh, 
ultra high contrast thing that just kind of sears your eyeballs and that's and that's the general look it looks like if someone came up behind you and just punched you in the back of the head as hard as they possibly could this is what your vision would look like more or less it's got like an artificial vignette on every shot for no reason which is especially fun when again the last hour of this movie seems to take place in a single horribly lit room but not mm-hmm. horribly lit in the sense that a lot of our movies are, are horribly lit. Horribly lit in the sense that this is like a harsh, like, cast light on everything. And, uh, yeah, the contrast is just turned up to 10,000. And it's, I don't know, it's impossible to look at at times. Yeah. And, uh, it, I mean, it, there's a... <laughs> This is this is the bar that we've set for ourselves. There's a functional story. There's a narrative to yours too, which is great because uh, it, it, it follows. I mean, it. They're kind of doing things. It's it's about a guy, and he's like a little boy genius, like a little Doogie Hauser scientist man, and he's got his girlfriend, and he's got his mean ass stepdad Terry or whoever the fuck his name is. And his stepdad yeah, his name is, is Tatum. Tatum, Remember, I'm sorry. They want to call him Tater. Yeah, what does Tater. He want everybody that's to call it. Him? That's it. It's the Duke or something like that. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, like Mister Cool or Bonesaw or what? What is his? What is his cool guy name? Duke. I fuck if I. Doesn't Duke. doesn't okay. matter. That, that makes sense. Yeah, cool guy Duke. So he wants everybody to call him that. And and basically his whole thing is he likes to make fun of his son for being smart and fuck with him. And he also wants to bang his son's teenage girlfriend. So just a normal guy doing normal stuff, hanging out, drinking some beers, harassing his kid. Mm -hmm. Does Uh that quite Uh a bit. Quite a bit. He strikes me as a regular uh, Gutfeld viewer, you know. He is. He'd be a great, I think he'd be a great guest. Be like, you know, (laughs) a subject for today's Gutfeld. uh, My son is a genius lib. What do I do? And Gutfeld's like, you know, have you tried calling him gay slurs repeatedly? And uh, stepdad <laughs> Terry's like, yeah, that's basically all I do in the course of this movie. So, uh, yeah. And and wouldn't you know, the kid finally he gets fed up and, and his angst kind of boils over and he uh, he gets on the wrong side of a gang. And also, amusingly, the wrong side of his girlfriend, who's like, I want to go to an art retreat for six months. And instead of being supportive, he's like, you can't do that. Uh, But we're supposed to, you know, like him and respect him as a character. So she goes off to art camp. He gets the crap kicked out of him. And uh, oops, he's a paraplegic. But hey, he got $100 million from a settlement. So everything's going to be fine, right? So here's where the plot stops being even remotely functional, in my opinion, I must say. Mm -hmm. Because if you were if you were in a criminal court case with with an individual and uh, they willingly settled uh, for a enormous astronomical, unrealistic sum. uh, What is this plot like? What what happens after this? The, The guy's immediately like, yeah, okay, well, we settle for that money. But now, what if we showed up at his house and take the money back? Would, yeah, it would be for some sort of like uh, paper trail <laughs> that might look a little suspicious. Oh, uh, that's that. No, not at all. Not at all. You just—that's all you got to do. If if you owe someone money, you just go and you you beat him up and you take it again. And he's in a wheelchair. What's he gonna do? 
But he's not just any paraplegic. Oh, no. He's a powerplegic because he's got a, a rubber band that goes around his head and then he can do Google Voice into his computer, right? I get that somehow functions into things because because he he's written a computer program that allows him to uh communicate uh which i mean these programs exist certainly uh it's not some a brand new leap in in technology but nonetheless when the computer is uh destroyed it it's not like an incident uh, that that might cause him to gain powers. It's just that the computer is off, and when the computer is turned back on, his powers evaporate. But because the computer is off, uh, he gets psychic powers. I guess. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't. I don't really know how any of that works. Isn't there? Wasn't there like a like a Sega Genesis perifer- peripheral or something like that where you put it on your head and then you could like think the controls and it would work? Do you know what I'm talking about? This is something that exists. Yeah, um, it is. It is. Uh, it has <laughs> to do with... Uh, there's like a board game, too. It, you can move like uh, ping pong balls through the air, you know? Mm-hmm. It has to do with the uh, movements of your temple muscles. Ah, okay. Okay. So, given the name of the story, I feel like it doesn't quite deliver. Our, our titular power pelagic does not seem very powerful to me. Imagine that. <laughs> oh <Holy> shit! <laughs> I I guess he's he's somewhat powerful. He kills a bunch of people, but I I there's a lot of rules. Yeah, rules that's, to this he's, power? he's tied to he, what, okay. So what are the what are the rules for being a power pelagic? Ah, uh, it seems as if he has the ability to. Uh, hurt people only if they attempt to hurt him physically. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, he stupid. has the ability to trap them in his house. But they have to murder his Great. entire family in front of him first. Well, the computer was on oh, at that well. point, Coleman. You know, there was no powers at play. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> I mean, it's all made clear by the Earth's worst voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> like the internal monologue in this back hour is like, what the fuck are we doing? Like this guy is terrible. I mean, it's not anything new for caustic content, but this lead actor, this movie actually has kind of a, it's very spotty. Obviously they had no budget. It it feels like a, a decent, like high school film, I suppose. Mm-hmm. At least it did until it, it fell right the fuck off a cliff. But uh, why do you hate women so much? You know, this is this is written and directed by a woman. I I thought like for the first half hour, I was like, OK, I, I'll pack it in for this week. I, this is like, OK, it feels like something that like decent film students did. I mean, pre-college, but, mm-hmm. you know, and then High school the, project, last, sure. the last yeah, the last 50 minutes or so are just fucking unwatchable and. They're all centered on this, like, close-up shots of this uh, powerplegic who is easily the worst actor in the film. Well, that's a lie. There's this one weird aside with this Aunt Helen character who flubs, like, 20 <laughs> lines in a, low, uh, in a row. That was my like, favorite part. <laughs> She's great. Yeah, that was my favorite part, too. I, I laughed pretty hard at that. That was, that was in, the, in the first half of the movie when things were really firing on all cylinders. Then old Aunt Helen comes along and just flubs everything and gives it a nice <laughs> jolt of energy towards the, uh, the end of the good part, we'll say. Yeah, yeah. 
but the back part is again it's just this horrible stark lighting and the camera is just like fucking someone's like chucking it across the goddamn room the whole time yeah it's just this voiceover of the guy going like oh i guess i can do this now but only if they do this and it's <laughs> it, it's just such shit and it goes on and on and on I think when I was texting you earlier, I, I called it uh, Tetsuo the Wheelchair Man, which I'm going to stick by because that seems to be what they're going for. But yeah, like there's there's all this mellow drama weirdness in the first half. And then all these like little almost Tarantino pastiche moments. You know, anytime they show the gang, it's like cool guys walking around looking cool. And then in the end, it just devolves into even higher contrast than before and somebody drop kicking the camera around uh while he does mind control body slams or whatever uh so yeah just a great time overall thanks for this one myros appreciate it it's it's quite bad i i must say i was for for a little while i was like okay this is it's not good i mean again constant content really warps your perception of things but yeah for yeah i will say 25 minutes charitably i was like okay yeah they, they tried they they, they tried they, this is okay i'll give it a pass but man what the fuck is what the fuck is this back into this thing like it's just <laughs> impenetrable like I, it's grueling that's pretty rough stuff uh coleman how much did you enjoy uh power pelagic uh, i tried to watch it for the last three nights i fell asleep every night um <laughs> I just finished it before we started this. Um hmm. compared to everything else I've seen so far, it's definitely not the worst, but um I'm actually I think you guys are giving it too much both of you might be giving it too much credit. It's like completely <laughs> an incompetently made film. Like there's no skill, <laughs> there's no talent whatsoever from the acting to the the the, the cinematography there's none it's yeah oh okay so <laughs> impossible to watch when we say something is is good or we give it faint praise on caustic content you have to understand that if you're listening to this and you watch this movie it's still going to be the worst thing you've ever seen in your entire life like bar none we're just we're, yes. we're grading on the caustic well, content I mean, it's, scale it's, that's it's no all. university that's, player it's uh <laughs> this is this is true uh it's just i guess like Again, some of the choices here are very strange. Like the composition of this gang is very strange. It's a bunch of high United schoolers. Nations. <laughs> yeah, high schoolers from seemingly very disparate uh, places in life. We'll say that. And uh, yeah, they look yeah, like the there's band also lit. just one. <laughs> there's just one like 65 year old man who's part of the gang for some reason, and he just looks yeah. like Peter Capaldi. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is happening with this? He's the crazy guy. <laughs> it's I, yeah. You, I, I I don't really understand why that choice was made. Why the, these people are in high school to begin with? It, it seems off. Like it seems like you should skew maybe like twenty five somewhere in there. But uh, well, I think the the gang is is made up of people who were available. You know. <laughs> yes. Oh, absolutely. Like, <laughs> But I, I guess I give it a little credit because, like, some of those, and and by some of those, I really just mean the old man is like fine. I'm like, oh, this is competent. <laughs> There's some competence going on here. But then, yeah, 
I don't know. This again, it's just like, oh, we got a couple people who can kind of act, all right. Let's focus on this one guy who can't at fuck at all and have him deliver ninety percent of the lines in uh, a VO monologue with just a shot of half of his head with a fucking glowing band on it for no fucking reason. <laughs> it's great stuff, man. And uh, boy, what an ending, too. Yeah, I guess that's part of his powers. I, I again, this this doesn't have a script. Like they wrote like fucking ten minutes of dialogue, and then just we're like, uh, guess we got to film today. Do you want to? Do you, I mean, I, if any if anyone's listening right now that is considering watching this, absolutely do not watch it. So I'm fine no. spoiling it. But Myros, do you do you want to do you want to tell the listeners about how this uh, this beautiful work of art ends? I, I'm not entirely sure what happens. He he just becomes not a paraplegic, I guess. All of a sudden, yeah. he, his his psychic powers uh, somehow heal him, and he beats this trust fund guy to death. And then mm-hmm. uh, it ends with the trust fund guy's father, like fucking giving him a hug at a at a cemetery. It, it, I I. Ew. Yeah, that's the power of being a power paralegic is you can you can you get to walk again. Even Professor X from the X Men can't do that. So this guy's on a whole new level. <laughs> I mean, how does he explain all of this legally? I guess it, suddenly now it, it seems like it must seem as if he was defrauding everyone with the, his previous condition, and uh, then he just murdered all of these people or what? Yeah, so he defrauded them for a hundred million dollars and then murdered them and can walk again. Yeah. Got, that's got to be how it looks. Yeah, it's gonna. Uh, maybe what was the, what was the movie we did where it was the court case, but it was super transphobic? Um, uh, shit, what's that called? Uh, we the jury. We the jury. Yeah. So uh, the next the next we the jury interactive movie that that guy makes, he can he can do it about the paraplegic kid and and whether or not he's guilty of uh, imitating a paraplegic person to defraud a gang for a hundred million dollars. <laughs> God. Oh, what a movie. We really just, I'm glad we get to tackle all these issues of identity and such rich tapestries. It, it, it really is. It really is. Uh, what, what incredible representation we, we were given today. Just uh, some asshole with a, a rubber band wrapped around his head doing, I don't know, mind gymnastics to destroy gangs. It's, it's great stuff. It really is. Uh, but hey, you know, if you don't like sci-fi, we uh, we brought the full spectrum this week because, uh, you know, I, I figured we haven't done enough comedy on this show. And if there's one thing that Stephen Coleman loves, it's a good knee slap in comedy. Am I right, Steve? Absolutely. Good old fashioned sex romp. That's <laughs> what yeah. I'm all about. So, OK. Elevator pitch for sex pot. You guys ready? So there's these two kids and their best friends and there's nothing they love more than jerking off together (laughs) which they talk about all the time and they plan a a cool friend jerk off sesh (laughs) and during the course of of this uh they discover weed that makes them really horny so they hatch they they get they get a plan together and they're gonna they're gonna date rape a bunch of women with the horny weed 
the end. How's that sound? Right? You ready to give give the producers a hundred million dollars? I mean, maybe in like nineteen eighty one or something. That sounds like a pretty standard movie. Yeah, like you know that scene at the end of Revenge of the Nerds where you're watching now and you're like, oh man, you know he's got he's got the the costume on or whatever, and the girl doesn't know that it's him, and then he like, you know, whatever. It, it's it's not pleasant to watch these days, and the reveal is, oh, he's a nerd. Imagine that kind of like ooh cringy like thirty second moment in Revenge of the Nerds, but that's a ninety minute movie. Well, and there was this pot. movie. I I don't know if, if Coleman ever got around to watching it, but I did make him aware of it uh, when we were talking about Jim Varney on, on the uh, other pod. Uh, he has a movie that he's kind of an ancillary star in. Uh, that is an 80s sex comedy uh, called Fast Food. Oh, yeah. Where the plot revolves around uh, a, a secret sex drug that they are putting in their burger sauce to, to make the customers uh, horny. Horny and for burgers. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, so this kind of builds on that, that legacy. <laughs> that rich, rich legacy. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, aside from being ultra rapey and uh inept as hell a lot of this movie makes me wonder if the people who wrote it and directed it have like like what kind of lives are they living and do they think that this is like how people exist day to day and what do they actually think is funny um because as far as i could tell there aren't many actual jokes in this movie um I'm trying to, I'm trying to come up. Let's see. There's one where, so one of the kids climbs on the fire escape and he sees a woman through a a very nearby window, which he stands directly in front of (laughs) and jerks off. And then the woman sits on the toilet and farts. So that's a joke, right? Uh well, she shits, you know. Fart is is a stretch. I, th- I think she's she's meant to. She's be, a full uh, on shit. Right. She goes back to flush it. That's uh, funnier. Yeah, You're right. yeah. She does. So she does. This is, I guess, is a joke. But the whole setup is is just grim. I don't know what the fuck is happening with this movie. Like that it's is quite, the it's quite like, dire. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Like uh, this is an asylum movie, by the way. And you you wonder if robots are writing it or what? Because it feels like they took the premise of a sex comedy, but had no understanding of what it was to be a, a teenager or what sex was or anything of that nature. Because it's just this like this guy is going to stay with his friend at his brother's house or something, and the friend comes out. And he's wearing a shirt. He's meeting the parents, by the way. He comes out to his, this, this friend of his car with the parents. And he, he's wearing a shirt that says, I love to beat my meat. And that is, <laughs> that is the shirt he wears throughout the film, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's a good shirt. So, yeah, he, he, he's wearing this. He gets his buddy out of the car and he goes, all right, man, we got the house to ourselves. I brought the pornos. It's like. What the fuck? <laughs> like, what is this scenario? That's like, what you imagine do. it immediately transitions into that fire ledge or whatever. Where the, imagine you just went over to a friend's house and he was like, oh, we're going to go spy on my neighbors. 
you're like, well, that's some creep shit, but uh, okay. And then all of a sudden he's like, I can't stop myself from whipping my dick out. <laughs> Wouldn't you just be like, it's like all right, I'm leaving. I, let I've let us never speak back. again, motherfucker. Yeah, time to call mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's a little into, but that seems to be like the whole premise of what they're doing is they're like, we're going to hang out in this apartment and watch pornos and jerk our dicks. Like that's yeah. that's what they think that, that kids do. They just hang out and jerk off. That's not normal weird. kid behavior. I gotta say, no. not not normal. <laughs> and as you mentioned, this is a, this is a film from the asylum. And if you're listening and you're not aware of what the asylum was, uh, think back to the era. They still exist. Of, yeah, they still exist. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, the the way they rose to prominence was, uh, you know, about 20 years ago or so. If you were in a blockbuster video, uh, you would see, oh, look, Transformers is out on DVD and I would like to rent that. And next to Transformers, or maybe the week before Transformers comes out on DVD, you would see another movie called Transmorphers. And it would have uh, kind of a similar cover. (laughs) And maybe on accident or maybe on purpose out of curiosity, you would rent Transmorphers. And you would be treated to the, uh, you know, if it, if Transformers is a $100 million film production, then Transmorphers is a $100 film production. So just low-budget versions of things that were already out in theaters. And they would literally time these, too. They would be like, okay, if this if this movie, if, if American Pie is coming out, uh, you know, on, on January 14th, then on January 7th in Blockbuster Video, we're going to have American Cake. And, and eat they it would too. time these things and eat it too, baby. And it, it actually it worked out pretty well for them. Uh, they, they had some some big hits uh, on the blockbuster scene. They also produced some, I think, some like more original horror movies uh, that were deceptive in the sense that they would spend most of the budget on like a cool cover and a cool name and a cool tagline and would not deliver on any of those things. So. Uh, just just kind of a fun thing in like 2005 and this movie sex pot is described as their take on it's like american pie meets uh super bad but i think it's more like i don't know like super bad but filtered through uh the, the that french movie from last year liberté where it's just a bunch of french guys in wigs like honking their dicks in the forest <laughs> i would have thought that maybe they didn't mean the movie super bad but just the concept is super bad the concept <laughs> is super bad yeah that's the other problem with the structure of this movie i mean ignore the content for now there's plenty of problems with that uh but structurally these movies have uh, their destination movies they're they're essentially like miniature road trip movies you know the it's like these two kids have a place they're trying to get to get laid. That is the premise for approximately 700 movies. Uh, But this movie doesn't even know how to execute that very fucking simple thing because it's just like at every turn, these kids are presented with the opportunity to get laid and just kind of don't because it's not the designated place that is supposed to happen. Yeah, they have like a very specific sexual goal, which given their circumstances and how they behave, I think I would think that 
they they would be a little bit more open to like changing course at some point. But the whole idea is after the the kid who wears the shirt that says I heart beating my meat, uh, when he is caught by the shitting woman jerking off. <laughs> I'm glad these are words that I'm saying right now. <laughs> uh, it's at this point that, uh, you know, after, I don't know, they're scolded by these women or something. I don't know. They get invited to a pool party that these girls are going to be at in, uh, in Malibu. And so the whole idea is they're going to take the date rape marijuana, which made them both like fuck a watermelon. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Literally. This happens in the movie as well. Like a very graphic fucking like watermelon cunnilingus or something. It's just fucking disgusting. It is. This is this is a real. And you know, we we've seen some shit. Obviously, uh, we've we this look at the podcast that we do. Good lord! But this is like the entire time you're just kind of like making that just contorted face, disgusted. Like I don't want to be in the room. What if what if the mailman delivers the mail and looks in the window and sees what I'm watching? Like that was my greatest fear <laughs> as I watched this. <laughs> Uh, so, but, but basically the whole idea is they're like, okay, well, now that we've been completely embarrassed by these women next door who we were spying on and you know, whatever, they're going to go to this pool party. They're going to bring the sex weed and they're going to get the girls to smoke pot with them at this pool party and then have sex with them because they have drugged them. That is the plan. Yeah. The plan yeah. is a very, it's a very specific horse blinders date rape special. And, but again, throughout the course of the movie, each of them is presented with no fewer than like a dozen each time, you know, chances to have sex with various women, which right, they completely yeah. are like, no, no, not going to do it. Especially when they add the stakes of like, for some reason, and again, this is this is what the asylum here thinks that no, normal teens are just doing all the time. Uh, the beat my meat man gives his best friend a, a shitload of Viagra, <laughs> mm-hmm. just for funsies. Yeah, so he's just walking around with like a turgid hard on that is like it's like a priapism, a, a medical issue that he needs yeah. to address. And like si- six women are just like are just like all right, uh, let me suck your dick for you. And he's like, yeah, they're like, let me fix it. <laughs> Not my pee 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 hurt. Yeah, he's a real wiener about his wiener the whole time, and yeah, it's it's like it's just fucking weird because it never they never stop talking about it. So, and he he probably gets given the boner pills like twenty minutes in, and this is a ninety minute movie. So for the whole like two thirds back half of this thing, he's just got a boner and he's complaining about it. And anytime yes. someone like, oh, someone bumps into him, he's like, oh, my boner the whole time, nonstop, absolutely nonstop. And you're right. Like a, a variety of women offered to uh, relieve him of his pain, which he denies. He's just like, he's like one of those guys in uh, seven seal who's just like whipping himself walking down the street, you know? Uh, <laughs> so, so you fix this, right? You, you This is an easy fix. Mm-hmm. Why? It's got these like cut-ins constantly of this. I, I guess he's the main character, the weenie boner man, not the beat my meat man. Um, Different guys. Yeah, this guy he keeps having like these fantasies where some topless blonde woman's like, "Oh, you're so sexy, come fuck me," and 
if you want this destination to mean something, this should be like an actual person in his high school or something who he lusts after and she's going to be at the party and I don't want to have sex with these other women. This is my dream girl. That's how you structure this shit. No, his dream girl is like a 45-year-old from Yugoslavia or something. She did, it does not... It's very strange. But there strange. is no dream girl I- introduced in the film. Like, there is... No. That's not, like, a driving plot point. So they have no reason to get to this fucking party. Like, this... It's never established. It makes no sense. Yeah. It's, he's not fantasizing about the woman that he's pursuing at this party. It's just... It's literally like a... a, a character that's 100% devoid of uh, reality. And also the the non-beat-my-meat guy, the the boner weenie man, his name is actually Spanky uh, in the film, in, in case you were wondering. Right. So, And his name is not Spanky. His name is Josh, and he refuses to be called by anything other than Spanky. Uh, yeah. Maybe not realizing that that's, that's generally more of a derogatory term, I would, I would think. But he demands that his parents refer to him as Spanky. <laughs> Those of you at home, please note that uh, I, I love beating my meat guy and Spanky are two different characters. Those are our two <laughs> main characters. They're different guys, though, totally. Uh, Spanky's the Michael Sarah, and then I guess that makes uh, beat my meat Jonah Hill, right? Right. Yeah, I think that's the archetype they're going for. Or perhaps a, a Rogan. Mm, could be a I, Rogan. I can see some Pineapple Express in this film as well. <laughs> it's really it's got it's got it's it's got all the apatow uh hallmarks there it's it's practically an apatow film right except it's a weird fossil from 1980 about date rape so it, it's yeah. just a strange strange amalgamation it's it's very uncomfortable like as dumb as this sounds i i cannot stress how deeply uncomfortable it is just to watch this it makes boobs boring like completely, it's just every two seconds there's just another one smacking you in the face and uh, again in a, in a sex comedy like this you would not expect to like harp on the plot points here but the fact that like it's just at its core the the driving motivation for these characters is they're trying to get laid and not only do they have multiple like just random encounters but at one point Keep in mind, they are trying to get to the party to drug the women to have sex. That is their goal. They go to a different party where there are like a dozen women who smoke the the sex weed and want to have sex with them. Yes. And they're like, we got to get out of here. We got to get <laughs> what to are we the do? other party so we could give the other women the sex weed to have sex with us. Again, just introduce a dream girl. We need we need dream girl here, but there is no dream girl. No so dream it's girl. just I don't want to have sex with these women we drugged. I want to have sex with those women we drugged, and yeah. for no fucking reason. These guys are very particular about who they're drugging. It's it's a very specific uh, woman they're going for, and and then even once they get to the party, Spanky's got like a hot tub full of women. And he's having a grand old time and beat my meats like, no, dude, what are you doing? We got these other girls. We got a drug. Why? Oh, uh, uh. <laughs> he gets all like he's just laser focused on, on drugging these very specific women. It makes no sense at all. It is just it's grating. It, it grinds you into dust. Absolutely terrible. I guess maybe Beat My Meat really wants to, like, fucking Eiffel Tower with, with his pal Spanky. Is, yeah, I think that's important. That, 
makes sense here. And both these guys are definitely like working through some stuff. Um, they they love like calling each other gay all the time. That's that's like their go to insult. Uh, so you know, lazy. Uh, and then there's about. I don't know, uh, a thousand or so jokes at the expense of trans people. So uh, that, you know, again, really endearing us to these these lovely characters. And finally, there is a scene where Spanky uh, performs cunnilingus on his own sister. So, uh, yes, just just great all around. And this and this is this is marketed as just like, hey, man, just grab a pizza and your boys and smoke a joint and watch this movie. Why? I, I don't like. The only thing I want to do is I, I want to be. I, I don't. I don't want anyone to watch this movie, myself included. I certainly don't want to watch it with anyone else in the room. And afterwards, I just. I just want to like. I want to take a shower that's so hot that like my skin just sears off of my body, and I can just renew myself. That's how I feel. If you're it's the sort of person disgusting. who watches watches this with someone else, you are also the sort of person who is wearing a T-shirt that says "I heart beating my meat." <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it's just it's a pretty disgusting thing, and it's not like a standard sex company. This is the only DVD in the collection on Matt Gates' private jet, so that's <laughs> that's kind of the level we're at here. But you also skipped when when Mert, Mister Beat My Meat, he also in the climax for some reason after he's achieved his goal of uh, drugging these two lesbians uh, to have sex with him. Uh, he, for some reason, is now flaccid and must use a penis pump. And we are, we are treated to a, yeah. a shot of, of uh, his shaft with the balls, like, sucked up through the head of the penis. And it's just like, what the fuck is even happening? You love to see it. It's great uh, also, stuff. this movie is just... I don't know. Like I said, it, it's, a, it's a lot more ribald than I would have assumed. Like, you, you see these in Blockbuster and you're like, yeah, this is probably like... Some fucking it's just unrated because they didn't bother to submit it to the MPAA and they also didn't pay anyone to fucking actually do any nudity. They paid a lot of people to do nudity in this. This thing's like fit for Cinemax and not much the fuck else. Oh, there's I mean, there's no I don't think other than the than Spanky and Beat My Meat. I don't think there's any like traditional actors in this otherwise. Yeah, Everybody else is either actors. amateur first time actor or a porn star. Guaranteed. Yeah. Which I mean, fine. That's that's okay, but <laughs> most of these productions are so low budget they they don't want to pay for it, and yeah. and so it, I think all of the budget here went towards boobs. That's it. So. I, I mean, I, I guess that's for someone. Like, it's probably truth in advertising. <laughs> <laughs> that's Coleman. How I mean, how much did you enjoy watching this? How did this make you feel? Well, I, very similarly, like I wanted to make sure nobody was looking in the window. Luckily, I live on a top exactly. floor. Um, but, God. Uh, yeah, I was incredibly uncomfortable <laughs> throughout most of it. Mm -hmm. um, and, but beyond that, it's just... Um, yeah, I, I felt like I was actually just trying way too hard. You know, maybe written by bots that have watched a few traditional, like, teen sex comedies and just thinking that the only thing that makes them funny is just an incredibly obscene amount of nudity. Uh, and obscene mm -hmm. by, I mean, just the sheer amount. I I'm actually a little, still a little shocked by, like, how much nudity there was in this film. 
Like it's it's yeah. nonstop. It's like a lot. <laughs> it really is. Like it's it's I I don't know. Like the, we're we're averaging probably like at least uh, probably a titty a minute. I'd say at least possibly two or three. It's it's relentless, and and I think that that's the biggest thing here. It's incompetently made across the board but the biggest mistake this movie makes is it thinks that like the reason people like american pie is because it's raunchy and thereby if you take that teen formula that you know oh teenagers just trying to bang if you take that and you just continuously ratchet up the raunchiness people will like it more and I don't think it, it really that, that that thesis is a little flawed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this is a great example of why, because I, I don't think yeah. it can, I, you can't really get any raunchier than this. And it's mean too. like, oh, yeah, it's it's relentlessly mean to any character that isn't the main character. Uh, but and but the two main characters are are dickheads. Now, I beat my meat guy is I guess he's worse than Spanky. And there's even this part of the end where Spanky's like, yeah, man. I don't know why, like, some girl would have sex with you because you're a you're a real asshole. And he's like, "Yeah, I'm an asshole." But it's like, Spanky, you've been a dick this whole time too. You're just eclipsed by the bigger dickhead next to you. That doesn't absolve you from anything. Both <laughs> these guys fucking suck. This is horrible, absolutely horrible. Yeah, yeah, they're they're fucking monstrous. Uh, I guess mm-hmm. that's how you come across as a nice guy. Just fucking hang out with someone who's wearing a fucking t-shirt talking about fucking jerking off i guess but mm-hmm. well i know what you guys are getting for christmas that's for sure <laughs> beat your meat shirts all around this is gonna be good too i'm gonna end up on a list i watched this movie that i start searching ebay for uh masturbation shirts <laughs> <laughs> i will say this tried to autoplay something called uh porky's pimpin peewee <laughs> Is that part of the Porky's yeah. franchise or something else entirely? It, it seems to be part of the Porky's franchise. A 2009 uh, VOD release in the Porky's franchise. Wonderful. Maybe we should do a, a, a cost of content where we each get a we get assigned a Porky's sequel. <laughs> that, that would go over really well, I'm sure. Uh, God, this is just rough, man. I, I would like to meet someone who genuinely enjoys this, though. Like, what oh, kind I'm of- sure they're out there. Because, like, I, I mean, Myros, with, with Power Pelagic, I could see there could be some idiot douche who's like, oh, yeah, it's uh, it's artistically done, and it's it's a real slice of, of New York-style exploitation done with art house sensibility. Like, there's there's a yarn that you can, you can fucking figure out a way to pretend to like that movie. This one, you, you got to be on a list somewhere, right? Or... Or, I don't or like know. Registered think, with the government for your I think you crimes. overestimate your fellow man, Steve. I feel like there's a lot of a fucking beer swilling Midwesterners who just would be like, "Oh man, you see how many tits are in that thing?" Oh yeah, I can think of people I know personally who would love Sex Pot. Yeah, I was gonna say we got we gotta we gotta talk to Mark Davy, not friends. Uh, <laughs> our dear friend Mark Davy. We'll tell him to watch this, and if he likes it, then uh, even if I'm victorious today, I will concede my victory if Mark Davy likes this movie. I think he's the audience, right? Uh, yeah, he's 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 part of the audience, I would say, for sure. The audience yeah. also, I mean, again, it feels to me like something that would have been on pay cable back in the day. Like you, it's out of time again, though. That's the thing. Is there's, there's a yeah. lot of where this fits is in the past. Like, yeah, sure, this 
this could have been a movie in 1980 that's forgotten and it could also have been a movie that was a late night uh pay cable movie in like the year 1998 and none of those things really exist anymore but i feel like you know show it to a show it to a 12 year old they'd fucking uh, really enjoy themselves with this thing yeah, I, I mean, well, for different reasons, they probably well, identify. Well, I mean, with for all characters. reasons, probably because when you're yeah. most twelve-year-olds are like fucking moron-brained idiots, it would, it would be laughing at all of the horse shit that happens in this movie, as well as yeah, just enjoying the sights and sounds, <laughs> the sights and the sounds, the boobs and the farts. I don't know, but but again, it's like what what even happens in this movie other than like there's there's not really a lot of jokes. It's just a lot of time spent in a car smoking weed with prostitutes trying to get somewhere and then spin the bottle happens. And that's, that's it. Those are major plot points. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not spin the bottle, Steve. It's called slut. (laughs) I'm sorry. My mistake. The modified version. That's, that's what the kids are playing these days. It's good. I, you know, maybe you're onto something with the 12 year old thing too. Cause it's like, Oh, there's that whole subplot where his brother's crazy ex-girlfriend smears gorilla poop on the truck. And, yep, yep. Oh, that was my favorite scene. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a good one because it happens twice. You get it in the beginning and you get it in the end. So uh, this is a, a sex pot is a film bookended with gorilla shit. It's wonderful. Love it. Absolutely love it. I don't know. It's, it's, this, was a, this was a rough one for me. I've I've never wanted to turn something off more just because I I was afraid of of what my neighbors would would think or maybe someone across the street would call the cops. But oh well. Yeah, you'd much rather just be like fucking your neighbors just peering into some hardcore pornography or something. This just makes you look like a buffoon. It does. It makes it seem like <laughs> like you don't have the internet and you're just like desperately searching Tubi for the boobiest movie you can find. No, that's. <laughs> Oh, this apparently is, they exist. Who knew? I didn't realize movies on TV got quite this uh, tastic. It's just called yeah. booby. <laughs> Nothing I like better than uh, getting a cold beer and watching some boobies on Tubi. Am I right, boys? All right. Uh, I, I guess we're gonna have to vote here. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and and do my final defense. There's only one film. On, on today's slate that is genuinely vile to its core and irredeemable uh truly just just morally bankrupt and it also fuck it sucks it's a comedy that isn't funny and in my mind there is very little that is worse in this world than a comedy that isn't funny um it's lazy it's just horribly boring and it's, again, it's a colossal embarrassment. It's the kind of thing where, it, you know, if, if someone else walked in the room while you were watching Sex Pot, you would immediately stand up, turn off the TV, and start apologizing. And there aren't many movies that we watch for this podcast that get that special designation, but here we are. So Sex Pot, infinitely worse. Makes me want to take a shower. It's slimy. It'll make your skin crawl. It's, it's a movie that thinks that, like young guys just like to hang out hang around and jerk off together that's not that's not what being a dude's about 
to my knowledge, unless I've been doing it wrong for all these years. Yeah. What do I know? Different strokes (laughs) for different folks. Uh, I, you know, I, I could go either way on this one. I, there was a point in time where I was just, uh, I was prepared to come in and say, yeah, the, the, Steve wins. Sex Pod is is a worse movie. It's it's grotesque, but I don't know. I, as Powerplegic wore on, it just it got to me. I I was just having a lot of trouble with the fucking thing. I it, for me, it, it's the classic cost of content argument of uh, reprehensible versus fucking oppressively boring. And uh, we, we've run into that a time or two. It's, it's gone either way, frankly. And this could go either way. But uh, I think this, there's only one of these two films that uh, Coleman uh, took four days to get through. <laughs> so, you know, maybe that says something. Either way, if we're doing the uh, traditional metric of curiosity or atrocity, I, I would have to suggest that even outside of Amazon Prime, we've still run into a pair of uh, atrocities. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe it's like sometimes you, you just got to you got to eat your vegetables. You got to take a ball down at once. And uh, that's what happened with Sex Pot. And yours was like a, a delightful tapas for him, you know, just little, <laughs> little bits at a time. It's just it's one of these movies that like somehow sends you into like a catatonic state. It's just, <laughs> I, it's just bizarre. Yeah. That's I, I'm not I'm not denying it. I'm not denying it. It's uh, especially the, the last like 30 minutes or so of yours. Like, what the fuck, man? Just a brain melter. Yeah. Nor am I denying yours. If he if he goes that direction, boy, do I get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, I will say if he doesn't if he doesn't vote for my movie, uh, I think he's going to get put on a list. That's it. I mean, just... <laughs> yeah. A list of cool dudes who love Bud Light. Yeah. Cool guys. They yeah. I mean, he. Loves Bud Light. He loves. Uh, he loves. Bo- he loves honking his dick with the boys. So, uh, <laughs> Coma, what's it? What's it gonna be? Uh, who are you voting Christ. for? How much do you love honking your dick with the boys? Uh, this this is a very difficult decision. Um, you know, I sort of watched Sex Pot, and other than just statements I made earlier, where it's just like Jesus Christ, there's like just too much nudity. It's too ribald. It's but it, it also just kind of washed over me. I didn't really think about it that much after I watched it. Whereas with Powerplegic, God damn, that was a slog. And it just like it took itself so seriously and it doesn't deserve to. At the very least, at least Sexpot being an unfunny, just reprehensible film, comedy or whatever. At least it owns what it is. Uh, so yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta go with a power plegic. Fuck it. My, my God, this is this is the fucking this is the miracle on ice when the Americans beat the Russians. Easy for me to do. Oh, the win streak continues. <laughs> was, I bury you, this motherfucker. That this was is, really hard. That was, uh, yeah, I, you, uh, I'm gonna tell everyone that we know that you like jerking off with your friends in. in <laughs> rooms. <laughs> Getting on the group chat. What, what are you guys doing after we're done recording? I brought the porn, guys. Guys, I don't. I don't know if you know this, but uh, I, I have. I've been pantsless this entire time, so I just. I can't help myself. You guys, you guys know any shitting women? We did this. 
looking for yes. a lady who shits. Uh, I, all right, I will say, I don't know that I'll ever forget that fucking <laughs> that image. Just, uh, just the whole concept of, of two idiots fucking going out on this ledge of a high rise and one of them just going, oh man, I can't stop myself. <laughs> ripping his dick out and fucking beating off right in front of his best pal. Uh, See, now five feet away from a woman who's spying on, on the toilet. <laughs> Uh, no, that's 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 something that that'll never leave you ever. That's that's nope. burning your brain. That's that's what this show does, really. It's like you watch these movies. Every one of them, it gives you a little mental scar, and it'll come back and bite you at some point. So, uh, yeah, that's good. Next next time I'm in a tall building in New York or something, and I and I look out the window, that's what I'm gonna think about. Uh, <laughs> all right, Maris, what's our what's our score right now? I've just taken a five to three lead. Oh. Oh. We play to 10 every season, by the way, folks. Uh, I am uh, the defending champion from season one, and, and now I'm starting to build a, a pretty commanding lead. Yeah, let's see. Disgusting. Just absolutely disgusting. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> if you like the show, uh, do us a favor and uh, check out the description. There's a couple of links there. One will take you to our iTunes page. If you haven't had a chance to yet, uh, if you could give us a five-star written review. It really helps with the iTunes algorithm. It'd be super helpful. And hey, tell your friends about the show. You have friends that are like, oh, I love bad movies. Ugh. And you're like, shut the fuck up. You don't, even, you don't even know, man. You want to see some shit? We'll show you some shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, you show them cost of content. We're here for you. Uh, also, if you would like to, you can also give us money. Why not give us money? I just watched Sex Pot for 90 <laughs> minutes. I, I watched a movie called Power Pelagic. For the love of God, pay me. Fucking pay me. Uh, but yeah, you can you can throw us a couple bucks. Uh, there's a Patreon link in the description. That'd be super helpful. Gives you access to a bunch of exclusive Optimism Vaccine content. Uh, cost of content, of course, being part of the Optimism Vaccine Network. And, uh, yeah, you can, you can get cool shit. And also I'm about to mail off a bunch of, uh, free movies too. So if you, if you subscribe to the Patreon from now until I run out of shit to send, uh, I'm going to start sending our Patreon subscribers free shit in the mail. So you're going to get a, a DVD, maybe a Blu-ray, maybe a box set sent straight to your door. How does that sound? Maybe I'm going to send you the Fellini box set from Criterion. You don't know. You don't know shit, but something's going to show up at your doorstep. That's, it sounds very ominous. Um, other than that, <laughs> 10 if, uh, copies yeah, of Sex Pot. Yeah, 10 <laughs> copies of Sex Pot. Every single like, copy that exists in the world. It cost 50 cents. Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee if you were to find a copy of that movie, it's got to have like the, the blockbuster snap case for the DVD and like the sticker on it still. But again, it's too late. It's 2009. Blockbuster was like dead in the ground. Yeah, it's well, too I guess late it, for I guess everything. This movie's point. a mystery. It's, <laughs> it's it too late for every How function it serves <laughs> in society. Oh, that's it. It really should be. Someone should old yeller that movie. Um, but yeah, if you have any questions, comments, death threats, marriage proposals, movie suggestions, uh, you can email us optimismvaccine at gmail.com and we would love to hear from you. So you could do that. And uh, I, th I think that about wraps things up. So, Mr. Coleman, thank you as always for your, your great service to society. No, thank you. <laughs> God. This fuck. I just keep thinking about the lady taking the shit. Okay. <laughs> uh <laughs>